Oh, the Lord is so good. Thank you, Lord. Let's begin with a, with a uh, word of prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Leah, are you guys having children's? We're just thinking. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for your spirit that he makes not only you real, but your words real. Father, we thank you that you have come to live on the inside of us and that he is within us. So therefore, you're within us, Father. We thank you that you lead us, you guide us, you open up your word to us, your plan to us. Father, we thank you this morning as we turn to your word for the privilege that we have to be together. Father, we thank you, and we have come to meet with you. Father, we turn our hearts towards you. We open our spirits and our hearts to see what you want to show us and to hear what you want to say to us. We thank you, Father, that even just one word from you changes us forever, brings situations into the proper light, that they take their proper place. Father, you are Lord over all. We look to you, Father. We honor you. You are good always, and you always do good. Your word is so full of life and strength and answers and direction. Father, we thank you for the saturation point of your word. Father, we thank you for the move of your spirit we thank you, Father, for an outpouring of your spirit in these latter days and in this latter time. Father, we thank you that the greater one, he lives on the inside of us, speaks to us, teaches us, shows us what's coming. We're not caught unaware. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are... Uh, not only uh, ministering and talking about uh, the glory of God, but we are living in the days of the glory of God. This year is a year of the glory of the Lord in your life, in my life, in our lives. So not only uh, together, but really it, it's such a, such a stirring in my own heart that every individual, every one of us, that we personally experience God in His glory, right? God in His power and His might, uh, in His fullness, right? Uh, really, like the atmosphere, when the atmosphere is filled with the glory of God, it's saturated with the power of God and the glory of God. So I'm going to go over just a, a few seconds here, uh, this definition from William Wilson of the glory. He said, uh, the glory means is the wealth Numbers, commerce, power, wisdom, promotion, superiority, dignity, authority, nobility, splendor, valor, magnificence, extraordinary privileges and advantages. Right? That's a lot. That's a lot talking about the glory, the glory of God. And in the Old Testament, it was translated from the Hebrew word uh, kabod. And that just means weighty or heavy. And so when you think of the glory of God, you're talking about Something that's heavy, right? If you're from the 70s, that might mean more to you, right? 
Cool has always been the cool word, but heavy, you know, for a period of time was a cool word. Right? That's heavy. And uh, I think it was the 90s or something. That's bad. That's bad, man. That's bad. Those shoes are bad, right? <laughs> right? So something heavy, it's weighty. And if you think just in natural terms, if you carry something that is like super heavy, in other words, it's got a lot of weight to it. You got to, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, I'm going to give away some secrets. But Jessica, now she's real nervous. I know some stuff about Jessica. <laughs> no, Jessica is like, a, among other things, a classical pianist. And so we were talking about some grand pianos recently. Uh, she got one given to her, I think, or whatever, not too long ago. And so they had to move this grand piano. And you're talking about you don't want to just move a grand piano with a couple people, even a couple hefty guys. You want multiple people. Why? It's weighty. It's heavy. Right? Not only could you bust the thing, but you could bust yourself. And so when you talk about weighty matters, uh, you're talking something that has a lot of mass and substance. It's, it's not small thing. It's not insignificant thing. Like, it's significant. Like, we didn't take the trailer up the driveway this morning because it's like 10,000 pounds of stuff. And that's significant. Right? My, our van's parked kind of at the bottom of the driveway for whatever. Anyhow, and I was looking this morning, I'm like, man, if I was coming down with that trailer, I might just totally smash through the van because of the weightiness of that trailer. And so the things of God, in particular, the glory of God is very weighty. Um, you, could, you could say it's so wealthy or it's so saturated. So you could say like if you grabbed a sponge and put it in the water and it was like just dripping wet, that it is saturated or it's very weighty with water. So when the glory of God shows up in your life, it is something that is very weighty. But it's not just weighty, heavy, like saturated, full, but it's full of magnificence. In other words, when you get into the glory of God, you begin to see the magnificence of God. And the magnificence of God is the magnificence of the reality of your existence and existence itself because all life springs from God. Uh, God in Genesis, he created man. And so there was the body of man, but man had no life until the very breath of God breathed into him. And so God put a spirit in man, and then man became a living being, right? And so uh, that was from the Spirit of God. And so uh, the glory of God denotes the power of God. So you're talking about something very powerful. And in this, this series that the Lord put on my heart, you know, we're still not done with the faithfulness series. We're going right back there, you know. Uh, but um, Brother Hagin used to say, my sermons are like a uh, freight train, you know. I just unhook and then I hook back up the next week. <laughs> and so I understand that a little bit. So um, we're talking about the glory of God and the glory of God shows up in physical form where you can see the glory of God with your physical eyes and your body can sense the glory of God. But what the Lord put on my heart was not only that, but like what's in the glory, right? And what happens in the glory and what changes by the glory. Well, just that natural experience can change you. You're like, I've never seen a like, thing like that in my life. Uh, that, that's amazing. 
Well, that's good, but God always is interested in your heart. And when you have an encounter with His glory, you have an encounter with His magnificence that is weighty, that is wealthy, that is full of wisdom, that will promote you, that has authority. It is noble. It is majestic. There is valor in that glory. And there are extraordinary privileges and advantages. And so you can have an experience with the glory of God by reading his word if you ever make the mistake, which is not a mistake, of listening with your heart. Hallelujah. All right, so with that foundation uh, and that, that little definition, which is actually a big definition, I guess it's, it's a long definition. Um, uh, we're talking about the glory of God. So I want to go to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, probably chapter 3 and 4 most of the time. And um, uh, I'm going to start with uh, chapter 1, verse 7, I think it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. No, I'm going to start with chapter 3, 18, and then I'll go to 7. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. We all, with open face, in other words, we don't have something hindering our view. Our face is open. Well, if you're sin conscious, your face will not be open. If you are uh, self-righteous conscience, your face will not be open. In other words, if you are self-conscious, <laughs> your face will not be open to the Lord. Uh, you know, if you have a, a young child and um, they do something they weren't supposed to do. Well, actually, if you have a very young child and uh, they have learned not to poop in their diaper. Right? They, they, that's a good day, by the way. <laughs> they, they, they have learned to go in the toilet, right? So maybe they still have the diaper because, uh, you know, you're not fully sure that they've really got this whole thing down. And so what happens just to that child who doesn't know anything else if you've had children? Well, my children, I think all of them, when they would do that, is you would know that some business had been accomplished because they're hiding in the corner, or they're hiding behind a, you know, in other words, they're a little conscious of what they're done, they've done. They're not open face before you. Right? So they're aware that something has happened. And they're aware that it's not proper. Right? And so uh, if you're full of an awareness and you're focused on your faults or your failings, or your inabilities, you're not going to behold the, the glory of God or the face of God. And so, um, I, I've never really heard it this way before. Probably somebody has said it this way before. But lately, it's been stirring in my heart, you know, Brother Hagin used to say, faith begins where the will of God is known. And of course, that's true. 
But in a sense, I think you can say, maybe a great sense, faith begins with the faithfulness of God. Real faith begins with the faithfulness of God. Because it is because of His faithfulness that we can believe. And it is because of His faithfulness that we can enter into the freedom that Jesus purchased. So really, your faith and my faith don't start until we get a hold of His faith. So if you're conscious that you just pooped in your pants, <laughs> do you understand? You're focused on your faith or your ability or lack thereof. Or if you're like, well, I never poop in my pants. I did not intend to do this this morning, <laughs> right? You're like, look, you know, I, I never do that what he did. You are still not grabbing hold of the faithfulness of God. You're like, I can do all things through me who strengthens me, right? So we all with open face beholding. And so in other words, we're not just seeing, but beholding is different than seeing. We're actually taking it in. We, we are being touched and changed by this, by what we see. And the only way that we can see is because God is faithful. In other words, God is constant. The, the second, you know, He never takes away from us our own ability to do our own thing. In other words, you have to decide to follow God. You have to decide to receive His gifts. He has some wonderful gifts for your life. He has some wonderful blessing that like we're going to read here in just a second, that He wants you and me to go from one experience with His glory to another experience with His glory. In other words, one experience with His majestic, weighty, saturated wealth of light to another experience that's saturated with His wealth and honor and authority and light and the weightiness that comes with it. We are to go from one glory to another glory and to be changed, changed by those, changed by those times from glory to glory, right? So let me just read the whole verse. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord. are changed into the same image from glory to glory. How does this happen? Even by the Spirit of God. So this is not a work of a man or a woman. Uh, this is not, 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 not the work of someone young or someone old. This is the work of the Spirit of God. We are changed from glory to glory. So I'm kind of using it as a foundation scripture, which is a little different, but you know, that's just how it happened. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, uh, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly towards you. That is really hard to understand because that's King James. He's saying like, we lived with with. No, nothing um, impure or nothing marring our life 
uh, it was a holy life, some translations say it, and a holy way of living. In other words, holy just means separated unto God for the use of God and the work of God. And so we lived our lives uh, really empowered by God for His use and for His work. And this is our rejoicing because a few verses before, uh, we had all these tests and trials and problems and we despaired even of life and there was so much pressure. But this actually turned out to be really good. You know, what we thought was bad, what we thought was the worst and how is this going to happen and we are so horrible, we're even like ready to die. You know, not in a good way, but in a bad way we're ready to die. Um, this has turned out for our good because when we came to the end of ourselves, that's when God began, right? In other words, we learned to put our faith and trust in God, not in ourselves. And, and what kind of God? Well, this has taught us to put our faith in God who raises the dead who raises the dead. Well, I love that the Holy Ghost said that because, you know, he could have said, this has taught us to put our faith in God who heals us, right? Because sometimes you need healing. And, you know, they're, they're in very difficult situations, even physically, and so they would be in situations where they needed healing, right? Well, he could say that, that you know, in the God who um, delivers us from mental anguish, but he just included everything any of us could ever face, the God who raises the dead. He taught us to have our faith in God who raises the dead. And so he's basically saying, you know, you see this awesome life that I am living, but I am so hilariously happy and rejoicing because the source of this life I have found is not from me whatsoever. Actually, the way I have entered into this life is when I have learned there is strength in my weakness. When I'm weak, he is strong. And so if I'm strong, he is weak. That doesn't mean that God becomes weak. That means towards you, there is no strength from God applied to the situation and your life because you're like, Lord, I don't need you. This is why Philippians chapter 4 is vital to the life of every believer who's going to live by faith. Uh, you can't live by faith and not do Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, which is take all of your worries, anxieties, cares, and put them on the Lord. Uh, because if you have them, God doesn't have them. But if God has them, he can do what only he can do with them. And so, verse 12, our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in uh, simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace of God, we had our conversation in the world and more abundantly towards you. Um, 2 Peter, or 1 Peter chapter 1, 8 says, uh, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Second half. But the first half says, yet believing, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so in rejoicing, there is glory in rejoicing. The glory of God is in uh, your rejoicing and my rejoicing. And it is um, full of glory, joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
I'm looking for Isaiah 57.1. I might have to use an actual physical Bible here. I thought I, I thought I had it in here. Isaiah 57, uh, verse 4 actually, says that God dwells with them that rejoice. That God dwells or lives with them that rejoice. Or God dwells in your rejoicing and in my rejoicing. Uh, excuse me, it's Isaiah 64, verse 5. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness. So God will meet with the one who is rejoicing. God will meet with the one who is rejoicing. Hallelujah. There's a woman who was, um, before uh, she gave a testimony shortly after she received uh, Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And uh, she said, and I quote, If you had told me of the joy that God would give me, I would have sought him long ago. If you had told me of the joy that God would give me. In other words, when she came to know God, she came to know joy in reality. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so uh, there is uh, joy in the presence of the Lord. There is joy in rejoicing. And there is a joy that the world does not have. We're not talking about happiness. We're talking about the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord uh, will affect... Um, every area of your life. Hallelujah. What is the glory? Well, so this is my definition of glory. Anything you need is in his glory. When his glory shows up, his manifest presence is there. In other words, his presence in manifestation. Um, and in that magnificence, there is a spiritual seeing and knowing to such an extent that you can grab hold because you can perceive it. It is revealed to you in the glory. Um, there is such glory in believing that the veil of God, uh, the veil of, uh, is taken away from before the glory. All right. So now I'm going to read Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3 in New Living Translation, and uh, starting with verse 7, and then I'll go to chapter 4. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God. Remember that? Moses' face shone with the glory of God. Even though the brightness was already fading away. So they couldn't he had a glory that was diminishing or fading. Moses did. But even the fading glory that was on Moses' face, they couldn't bear to look at it, so he put a veil even over that glory. That's kind of weighty. Really, you think what happened, Moses went up and spent time with God. And the Lord didn't let him see like his full glory. Exodus 30, uh, you know, 33, 18, he said, Lord, sh Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord said, well, you can't see my glory and live. That's pretty heavy. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> He's like, but I'll put you in the cleft. Where? On the rock. So if you ever have a hope to see the glory of God, you better be built on the rock, Jesus Christ. 
So he said, I'm going to put you in the cleft on the rock. And I will cause my goodness to pass before you. Thank you. Right? So when you are founded on the rock, which is Christ Jesus, which is the Word, you're placed upon a rock. And from that place, that stance, that position, you can begin to behold the goodness of God and the glory of God. So God said, I'm going to put you there, put you on the rock. I'm going to, all of my goodness will pass before you. And then I'll let you see my back parts. In other words, you won't be able to stand all of the goodness. You can just see what's fading away after I have passed. And you can look as I have gone at this glory. And so Moses had this, had this real experience with God and it so affected him that his face physically shone. That's going to start happening today. Like physically. That there'll be some believers that the, the glory of God is actually emanating from their face. Okay, and so, like, uh, Moses had this experience, so they're like, we can't even stand to look at this glory that's on you that wasn't the fullness of the glory of God, it was just after a pass, after a pass from the backside of the Lord. That's pretty amazing, right? What kind of glory is that? What kind of magnificence is that? Hallelujah. Shouldn't we expect, oh, excuse me, the old way, verse 7 again, with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Verse 8. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Shouldn't we expect a far greater glory under the new way? God likes it when you think like you're thinking right now. That puts a smile on his face. Do you know when each of us Behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord and the goodness of God and the magnificence of God. God is rooting for you. He's like, that's right. When you go tell someone about how God has changed your life. God's like, you go, girl. You go, boy. That's my son. That's my daughter. They're showing love just like me. Whatever you did for the least of these, did to the least of these, you did it to me, he said, Jesus said. God is not against you. 
The devil is against you. The world system is against you. God is not against you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Or another translation, what does it matter who's against you? God is on our side when we're on his side. You understand, God is not on our side like as far as anything I want to do, that's what God wants. Well, that is true if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Jesus said. But the problem is not everybody is abiding in his words or having his words abide in them. And so shouldn't we expect a far greater glory? So I have a question for you this morning. Are you expecting a far greater glory than that of Moses that I described in minimal detail? What is your expectation? Is God willing to give it? Is it the will of God for your life? Faith always becomes very personal. Faith is personal and faith is present. When I say present, I don't mean faith is here. I mean faith is now. Somebody says, how do I know if I believe in God? Well, uh, number one, there's joy in believing, so you're full of joy. Well, if there's joy in believing, there's no worry there. So you have no worry and you have joy. And you have uh, you, you know that you have received. You believe that you have received. It's not like, I'm believing. We say that. But if you really are believing, then uh, you're not concerned about it. You're not even necessarily trying to figure out how it's going to happen. You know, like A.B. Simpson says, I know God has it. The second I turned it over to him, the master of all mankind has the problem and it is done. So I'm just going to go on and live my life because it's taken care of. Shouldn't we expect a far greater, greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life. If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious... How much more glorious is the new way? So the old way was based on the law, right? So the law brought condemnation. And the law was good. And the law is good. Because the law actually... Uh, so all mankind lived in sin. And under sin, because we were all born from Adam. And uh, that's how uh, death and sin passed to all men. Because, uh, you know, Adam sinned. Open the door to death. And so then that passed to everyone. Romans chapter 5, if you want to study that a little bit. So anyhow, um, so that came to all mankind. But a problem was uh, many people didn't understand that they were sinners. So the law was like a school teacher uh, to tell, bring us to Christ so that we would realize, you know, no matter what I try, it's not good enough. No matter, you know, I've done everything perfect and I messed up this one little thing. Well, that's the purpose of the law. So the law is good. But the law is not fun to try to live under the law like you can accomplish it because uh, it's living under a constant condemnation that I cannot do it. So the law is good, but it's not good to live under. 
Does that make sense? If you want to live under that law, but if you didn't have that law, most people wouldn't realize this is wrong. This is wrong, yet I keep doing it. And I keep doing it. I'm going to be more disciplined, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to, I'll, just, I'll just be more disciplined, and then I just won't have a problem with it. That's right, that's right. And it's Monday. See, no problem. I did good. Tuesday, no problem. I did good. Wednesday, slight problem, but no, 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 I did okay. Thursday, by Friday, you're like, oh, I'm not even going to try anymore. Oh, this is why people uh, turn away from Christ because they try to live as a Christian under the law. And they fail and fail and fail and feel more and more conscious of sin, more and more conscious of sin, more and more conscious of sin. But we're not under the law. We are under the favor and grace of God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. He's not talking about Valentine's Day 2021. <laughs> Hallelujah! He is talking about the day of salvation and the day of redemption. This is the day that we live. This is the day the Lord has made. So if you receive Jesus Christ, you're like, this is the day every day. This is the day I'm free from condemnation. This is the day I'm free from sin. This is the day I'm free from works. I have been set free. And this is what Paul was saying in verse 12. He is like, <laughs> you thought I was doing this all in myself? This is great. I, my old man is dead. This is a new man. This is a new man life. This is the life that has become united inseparably with the very Spirit of God. So actually what you see, just like in Jesus Christ, the man in the flesh, you actually saw Jesus from Nazareth. What happened when God shows up in the life of a human who is united to God, now this is what you're to be. So Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Excuse me. How does it say? Somebody help me. No longer I to live, but Christ lives in me. Nevertheless, thank you. That's the word. King James, right? Praise God. Nevertheless, I live. In other words, he's saying the old man has been crucified on the cross with Christ, and I saw it. I was there. Doesn't mean I traveled in time. Well, I shouldn't say that. Because, wow, the realm of eternity is outside of the realm of time. And so when you get revelation from God, he actually opens up a window to a whole nother sphere of existence with some people call the fourth dimension. And when you look into that dimension, you can actually visit that place in natural time and spiritual things because there is no time in the spirit. And so when you see, uh, you know, you can't give yourself revelation. Have you figured that out? I have tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> Thank God you can't. Paul was concerned, or excuse me, Jesus was concerned about Paul. 
that he be puffed up with pride because the abundance of revelation that was given to him by God. Imagine if you gave yourself a revelation. Maybe that's the problem with some people. Okay, and so anyhow. <laughs> and so now the Holy Spirit is giving life. If the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way? Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Are you getting that? This is the day that who has made? Who has made this day? Who has brought you into this day? This day of what? Salvation. This day of redemption. We are not going to be redeemed. We have been redeemed. We're not going to be delivered. We have been delivered. Jesus did it. I believe the greatest act of love the world has ever seen was Jesus willingly giving up his life so you could have it. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many parts of the curse that was on us did he take? To what extent? Partially? Completely. So every part of your life that has any of the curse clinging to it, he actually took that, right? So that's like one side, one side. But let's come over here to this side. How many parts of his pure, holy, righteous, authoritative, magnificent, excellent, weighty life that he lived did he transfer to you? Every part. To what extent? Full extent. As fully as he took our death as fully as he took our sickness, as fully as he took the curse, as fully as he took depression, as fully as he took inability, as fully as he took infirmity, he as fully gave us his life, his ability, his health, his wisdom. You have been redeemed. Your life has a purpose. And the purpose was stamped on your spirit by God himself when you are in your mother's womb. And the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy the plan of God and the purpose of God for you. He does it through deceiving. Oh, you need to be focused on the here and now. What's happening right now? This opportunity right now. If you miss this opportunity now, your whole life will be messed up. If you don't do this now, if these people around you don't accept you now. The Bible says honor God. Follow God. Right? So the devil's trying to like 
um, destroy the love of God showing up in your life. The future of God showing up in your life. Let's bring it a little closer. The image of God showing up in your life. You are made in the likeness and the image of God. You have a purpose that originated and was set forth and initiated in the throne room of God himself of all authority. This is heavy stuff, but this is truth. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You've been bought by the blood of the Lamb, and you have a purpose that God has given you. If you walk in the flesh, you will not fulfill the will of God for your life. But you are not actually of the flesh if you are born again. You are of the Spirit. So walk like it. Live like it. You can actually be born of the Spirit, yet walk in the flesh. That means live your life from the ability that originates in your flesh apart from God's influence on your flesh. Now that Paul called it the old man. I don't know. I know Tiger Woods had some problems. We just plead the blood of Jesus over his heart, you know, and everything. You know, a few years back and stuff concerning ladies and stuff. But he um, is such a good example of a really gifted golfer. Okay? But do you know, like, is anybody, can anybody tell me, like, how many hours a day his dad had him practicing? I know it was at least eight. It might have been more. Well, this man would, like, practice day after day after day after day. He would give himself to golf. Do you know that was not always fun? I'm sure he would like to have been doing some other things that some of his other friends were doing. How many people do that when they're young? I mean, he can do it now. He makes millions, right? So to me, that doesn't say a lot for the now. But I want to know, like, how did that man have that ability? So you could have a purpose from God and a gift from God. But if you never develop it, it'd be no different than Tiger Woods having this capacity and this ability, yet never developing it. Spiritual things aren't different. Callings from God aren't different. 
All callings from God are not in what the Bible terms or we would term five-fold ministry. Yet you can have a, and you do have, you just not be, not be aware of it, a call from God upon your life, a purpose from God for your life. And if you never uh, turn in your heart and behold the Lord, the glory of the Lord, like in a mirror, in other words, you give yourself to that and you look to receive, if you never do that, there are gifts for the world that God has put in the world in you, and you and you and you, right, and you, that the world will never receive the blessing of God through, because God has a plan for you. You say, well, nobody knows me. Somebody knows you. Sometimes the greatest testimony of your life is how you live. You're affecting people you haven't ever talked to. That's no excuse not to talk to people. But talking to people is no excuse not to live right. People want to like go one extreme or the other. Praise the Lord. You know, Paul talked about in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he talked about the, um, now concerning spirituals, brother, and I wouldn't have you ignorant. We talked about that on Wednesday nights a little bit. In other words, uh, concerning things of the Holy Spirit. And about the Holy Spirit, I, I wouldn't want you to be ignorant. I wouldn't want you not to know. I want you to know what is a, a manifestation of the Spirit of God. What that is. Verse 7 actually says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given. The manifestation of the Spirit of God is given. In other words, it's not manufactured, but it's given by God. If you really read uh, the chapter, it seems to indicate that there are gifts that are given, or workings of the Spirit, or demonstrations of the Spirit, or manifestations of the Spirit given to every member of the body of Christ. Yet you can have something and never recognize it, and never yield to it, and never uh, allow the Lord to work through you in it. Some things don't show up until you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You get so full of God, man, all of a sudden the gifting of God, the calling of God becomes clear. And you get in the glory of God and you begin to see things differently than what you have ever experienced before. You know, when I was, I talk about that uh, I'm just, I'm actually a private person. And so one of the things I really don't like to talk about uh, in my flesh is my personal private prayer life and my personal private times with the Lord because it, they're very special to me. 
but as a minister, sometimes it's helpful to share some things, you know. And so, um, you know, uh, we have just had this year such wonderful times in the presence of the Lord, me personally, and then, you know, I love my family so much um, that uh, it's wonderful because we've been having such wonderful family times in the Word and prayer together. And uh, so I related this, this one incident. We've had some others, but this is the one I feel at liberty to share. And so um, in this time, it, it, it was such a weighty thing. So I wrote, I wrote some description as much as I could in, in uh, the words I could find. Like, uh, these are weighty matters. It was serious splendor. It was heavy, magnificent splendor. It was an atmosphere that was saturated with revelation from God. Yeah, just like that. Just like you think it. Like saturated like a sponge. Like it's actually dripping. Revelation is like dripping, right? There's so much revelation. And if you just like, you have a saturated sponge. Imagine I had a sponge here and I just touched it. What's going to happen? Like, whew! Like it's just, the, the place I touch, the place I touch, is just, shoo. Well, filled really to more than you could take in. Isn't that like God? Like when he opens his word to you and, and you're like, oh, that, that, that's good. And then he's like, oh yeah, you like that, huh? <laughs> Let me peel back another, like you think like, oh, I've never seen this before. This is the most amazing thing, right? And so it's like, a, you ever see a sheer curtain? You know, it's like a veil. They use them for wedding veils and stuff like that. It'd be like several layers of sheer. But you could like, all of a sudden you look and you're like, whoa, I never saw that before. And you look and the Lord's like, you like that? And he peels back another layer of sheer. And you're like, whoa, I never saw those details before. And he's like, you like that? <laughs> and pulls another layer back and you're like, whoa. And he pulls like another layer back and you're like, slow down. And then he peels like another layer back and you're like, <gasps> literally take your breath away. Well, this is the, the experience. You know, our faith is in the invisible, but that invisible, if it's really faith in that invisible God, it will become visible. The, 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 uh, your body's reaction, your mind's reaction, your finance, your bank account reaction to this invisible faith, uh, there will be a manifestation. So something will happen. And so in the glory of God, there are answers to your situation. There is a supply of everything that you need. And there is fulfillment of God's plan for you. But the only way you're ever going to enter into that is if you live by your spirit and from your spirit and, and, and draw into spiritual things. 
Well, one of the ways to do that is you pray in the Holy Spirit long enough and you're just so more conscious of spiritual things. The other way to do that is you read the Word like, you're, like it's food to you that's nourishing your spirit. You know, I read the Word with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have these times with the kids. I mean, we always start uh, with, Lord, we, we are opening our hearts wide to you. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to see what only you could show. We are hungry for you. And this year, we've added to that prayer, Lord, show us your glory. And he's doing it. God is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. So the reason I'm, I'm like telling this one particular situation is that's the one the Lord led me to, but is that's for everyone. I'm not like a, a um, my heart is, and I believe it's the heart of the Lord. Um, this is not a pastoral experience. This is a Christian experience. Do you understand? Actually, Moses, the Bible says that Moses would go out before them and in before them. So if you're going to lead in spiritual things, like uh, it's helpful if you can go there and then so you can bring other people with you, right? But what I'm telling you is, this is not like, this is for every believer, So if you're sitting there, standing there, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, and thinking, like, well, yeah, you're right, every one of those believers but me because of what I've done. What I'm trying to tell you is what Jesus has done is so much greater than what you have done. And that you actually enter into what Jesus has done when you give your life to Him. Maybe you have given your life to Him. But maybe um, you started just living out of the flesh. Maybe you're, maybe you're not doing that. You can make a change this morning. You can make a decision this morning. The good thing about God is, man, the second you come back, like you know the story of the prodigal son in Luke, he sees you afar off. That means God is, God is everywhere, of course, but he's looking in your direction right now. He is seeking you out right now. It's as though God were using my mouth to speak to you. Come back to God. God himself, Amplified actually says, he was personally present in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world unto favor with himself. In other words, he was in Christ counting up every little thing that you or I had done or were doing or would do. And he, he weighed it or accounted it. Where's my account? He accounted it against the power of the, and purity and holiness of the blood of Christ. And he said, more than enough. Hallelujah. So if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, 
you're in this place or you're on uh, wherever you're at, listen to this. If you don't know Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. And today is your day of freedom and deliverance. You don't have to live uh, in sin any longer. You don't have to live in defeat any longer. You don't have to live uh, in uh, inability any longer. Proverbs says that all of a man's ways are before the Lord, and he considers all of his paths. Don't you think if God considers your ways and your paths that you should consider your ways and your paths? Repentance is simply just to consider your way, your path. Understand, if I keep going this direction, this is where I'm going to end up. I'm going to end up for all eternity separated from God. I'm going to end up for all eternity with a consciousness of missing it and and messing it up. But Jesus came to set you free from that. And it is simply by realizing I'm on the wrong path, I'm going to go a different direction. God's Spirit is speaking to you right now, and I want you to respond to Him. He's not speaking to your head, but He's speaking to your heart. The way you find your heart is it's the, the place that you forgive someone when you really mean it. And so I want you to make a heart decision this morning because the only way you can become a believer is if you believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead. We're going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds. And when we do, if you'll pray that prayer from your heart, God will hear your prayer and he will answer your prayer and he will come and Jesus will live on the inside of you and your whole life will be changed. You'll actually become a brand new person. Uh, people will be like, I, I don't even know you anymore. You're so different. You'll be like, I don't even know me anymore. I have no more worry. I've been set free. I'm so full of joy and rejoicing. Let's pray this prayer. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross to take my sins away. Jesus, I receive you right now as my Lord, as my Savior. I'm going to live for you, not for myself anymore. Thank you, God that you are now my father and I am your child in Jesus name. Amen.